personal life and your professional life are inherently linked. And when you do the work on both sides, you can become the most successful version of yourself. This is a place where wisdom meets leadership, where success meets spirituality. Welcome to Do the Work with Denise Love Hewitt. I am sitting here with the amazing Maz Hannah. She's a true example of manifesting. She's not not a witch. She has really, really put her dreams into action. She's the founder of Maz Hannah, a crystal skincare line, CEO of Nailing Hollywood, and professional nail stylist. So think every major celebrity you can think of and incredible fashion campaigns. She's wildly creative, unbelievably generous, and full of lots of practical magic and wisdom. So thank you for being here. Oh my God, thank you for having me. What an intro. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoy doing these intros. I like to hype up my friends. So this has been a joy for me. So we met right when you had taken the leap to do nails. Yes. So you were coming from an advertising background. Yep. And then I met her and this was like right when she had started, she's like doing different little pop-ups around LA. And guys, the moment she stepped into her purpose, the journey was insane. I have never, ever witnessed someone so quickly step into their full power. And so I don't even want to tell the story because it's not mine to tell. I would love you to walk us through sort of you decide to like leave your big job and then sort of the whirlwind that has been the past couple years. Yeah, it was so crazy. So... And I still get like so emotional thinking about everything. It's so funny because you know this, when you're an entrepreneur, you're like caught up in the little minutia of every little day and you never feel like good enough or like you've accomplished enough. So like taking a minute to just sit here and talk about it is like a nice reminder that, holy shit, I actually have accomplished something over the past few years. So much. And it all happened so quickly. It did. It really did. So I'll just take it from the the beginning. So... You know, I go to college, major in advertising, get a job as a copywriter in New York, work my way up to associate creative director. And then I got a really great opportunity to help a New York agency sort of get their L.A. office kind of up and running and off the ground and growing. So my husband and I relocated to Los Angeles. I'm at this job. I thought it was going to be my dream job. And then I'm realizing after a few years in that it, in fact, was not my dream job. Um, But it's something that I I fought with a lot internally because, you know, I had, especially being a woman, like working your way up in advertising, it's not the easiest thing. It is a man's world, truly still to this day. I do think it is getting better, but it's still not where it should be. But so I had worked my way up. I was in this leadership position at the agency and I was starting to feel like this wasn't right for me anymore. But I tried to continue to talk myself into it over and over and over again. And it wasn't until I was physically pushed to a place that was so unhealthy that I broke that I realized that it was time for me to move on. So what had happened was, you know, the agency grew quite significantly and we had won a huge account. I want to say it was around like six million dollars, but it allowed us to move into a new space and like hire a team and like get all the stuff that we had been working so hard for. And the client that we were working with ended up being so abusive. Um, And then it turned out it's because she was trying to get us fired so she could hire her friends. So it was so crazy. So I'll never forget this. I had been working my butt off for six months. I had just flown up to San Francisco for like my sixth creative presentation. It went horribly. And on the airplane home, I'll never forget, I was sitting next to my art partner 
and my eyes were closed and I was leaning back and I opened my eyes because I felt weird and I couldn't see anything. I started to freak out a little bit and I just felt like all of the blood like drained from my body. That's what it felt like. And I got cold and I started profusely sweating and I was having like a crazy panic attack like I had never experienced before. I ended up passing out. I threw up on myself. I was taking my dress off. I mean, they almost had to land the plane. It was like such a scene and that was so not like me, but just the pressure of everything that was going on and no matter how hard I worked and what I did, it couldn't fix the situation that I was in. And it just set me to this point where I like physically broke. So, but this is common though, because a lot of times, you know, I've worked predominantly in high stress jobs and have not had a high stress job. And when you get used to being in high stress environments, you sometimes forget what it's like to feel stressed. So it's only when I'm pushed to like real capacity Mm -hmm. that I'm like, oh, I'm really, I'm really stressed. I can feel it in my body. But like normal, normal, like intense stress is my, my normal. So it's like, I don't necessarily tap into it. And so often when we're off course or not in alignment, right? Our body is speaking to us, but we're not necessarily listening. And so like you reaching this like breaking point, I actually think is a very common thing for people to be like, whoa, I need to reevaluate my life. Yeah, it's so true because I had been getting little signs from the universe, which I'll kind of get into, but that was like the big, not even a sign. It was like an intervention Mm -hmm. of, hey girl, you need to like chill out and move on. Like you'll be okay. So I had this like horrible situation. My coworkers had called my husband, like gave him a heads up of what went on. And when I got home, he sat me down and he was like, you can't do this anymore. And I, I knew that I couldn't. I was like, you're right. I can't. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this thing that defined me for so long anymore. What now? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm almost 35 years old. Like I had worked so hard to get to this point. I was making a lot of money and I was the breadwinner really because I always had like the full-time steady job in my relationship. And I was like, this is it. I'm done. I have to quit my job. So before I quit my job, which I did very quickly. It was either the next day or the day after. I took a minute and I was like, okay, if I'm going to start my life over and I could do anything I want, what would that be? And the two things that I've always loved and that brought me so much joy are nails and crystals, which so is I the thought. best. <laughs> it's so random. It's so, it's, like- so, it's so good because it's so really at the end of the day, I want, I also want people to understand like, what do you love? What do you truly, truly love? Because it might feel like, oh, I could never do that. Or that's so random. And here you are like living proof. Like here's two very, like what feel like separate things that you have now fused into one in this really innovative, interesting way, which we'll like slowly learn more about. But I think it's really important because you probably sat there like nails and crystals. What? Yeah, it was, I was like, okay, I love nails and I love crystals. And I was like, what if? I open a crystal healing nail salon that caters to women like me who don't have time to get a manicure. We could open really early, stay open really late at night, and we can make this sort of mundane 
it, I mean, I feel like for me, when I was working a lot, like nails was not really a pleasurable thing. It's like, shit, I have to go get my nails done. You know, it's like something you have to do to look presentable as a woman, which is annoying in and of itself. I feel but, the same way. I'm like, yeah. sometimes like it's a chore. Yes. But I don't feel like the only thing, my life can be falling apart, like fully falling apart. <laughs> but I'm like, if my nails are done, I yes. am good. I My life is great. You know, but it's the only thing that makes me feel together when everything's crumbling around me. Yes. And I always felt that way. And I always had great nails. I always had nail art that I had planned out in advance and I'd sketch it out for my nail artist. And I had this woman who would come to my house when the nail salon closed and she would do my nails in my dining room. Where I would used to do your nails. <laughs> the, and the best manicure to this day that I've ever gotten oh was from her. You're so sweet. And I think about it all the time. <laughs> we need to do that again It was soon. opal. Guys, my nails looked like opals. Oh, it was so cool. Insanity. <laughs> and I often go back and look at the pictures. And I'm like, oh, wow. It, it was really, truly incredible. But that just shows you what type of person she is, what she's creating with her art. You're so sweet. But so, yeah. So I thought, like, okay, I'm going to open this Crystal Yilly nail salon. I had never done nails professionally before. <laughs> I just really like them. So talk about that process of being and, like, okay, I want to do this thing. I don't have, I'm not like certified. Yeah. So, okay. So I quit my job and everybody thought I was nuts because I was like, I'm going to open a crystal healing nail salon. And they're like, wait, what? And I was like, no, no, no. Like this is going to happen. And I gave them a lot of notice. I gave four months notice at my job and that allowed me time to kind of plan my next steps and what they were. Because the reality was, is like I had always been very interested in nails. I like taught myself how to do acrylics in middle school and I like just love nail art. And crystals are another thing that I've always been really into ever since I was a kid. I had neighbors who lived down the street who were witches and they had this like giant rose quartz in their yard and I was just obsessed with it. I used to like sneak in there to like be near this pink rock. And that's kind of how my interest started. I could talk about that whole thing for like an hour, but when I was living in New York, I had a friend who had gifted me a crystal that was blessed by a shaman, and I could really feel the energy buzzing in this thing. And that's what made me think about crystals in a more, um, like, I don't want to say a serious way, but this is more than just a pretty rock. This is a really magical, energetic living thing. And I found myself calling on that crystal for like, if I had a big presentation or like a pitch or I needed creative inspiration, I would just hold it close. And then I started collecting from there. But when we moved to Los Angeles, and this is what was really crazy, and these were some of those little signs that the universe was giving me, is that I used to find crystals like in the middle of the sidewalk, like walking down the street. I'd find so like- crazy. I know. I found like a piece of pyrite, like on the sidewalk. And we know people in LA are really into crystals, yeah. but okay, you don't find them you don't just find like five different crystal varieties, on the yeah. like hanging out in neighborhoods. Yeah, and I was like, this is really wild. So I started working with them more, and I started using them for more healing. Like I had sinus surgery, and I went to my local crystal shop and I told them what I was, you know, having done, and they made a bunch of recommendations beyond the research that I did, and I ended up being able to relieve my own pain with carnelian mm. and not even have to take pain medication, which was like crazy to me. And then I was like a total believer. So once I decided that I was leaving my job and I was going to do this crystal healing nail salon, I enrolled in nail school. I took one-on-one -on -one, like private nail classes at Marie Nails. 
And that's where I really learned the like Japanese technique in doing gel nails.、Um, there was a language barrier between my teacher and myself, so it was a lot of like hands-on. I remember sometimes she would stand behind me, grab my hands, and show me how to like angle things the right way. It was so amazing.、Um, and then I enrolled in crystal a crystal healing certification program online. But during this time, this is where. I really started to work towards manifesting and using crystals for that purpose. And one of my favorite ways to manifest with crystals is through crystal grids, and also through geodes. So what I would do is I would write what it was that I was trying to manifest, like on a little piece of paper, and I would fold it up and I would stick it inside of a geode. And then all those little crystal points are directing their energy into that thing. And then when you build on with other crystals around it, it's something that I feel like. It does a lot of different things. It channels what it is you're trying to manifest out into the universe. It also holds you accountable as you sit in meditation and look at it on a daily basis. And I think I've did I ever give you stuff for crystal yes, grids before? I have an amazing crystal grid、yeah. for abundance. And what I want to say, whether or not you believe in crystals, right? Really, at the end of the day, this is about alignment of your purpose. And so, I think that like you know, some people may not subscribe to this methodology. That's fine, but it's really about. Finding your purpose and your passions, and when they intersect, you experience flow. And like I think you're the living testament of that.、Mm-hmm. And I think if you do subscribe to this philosophy, it's only extra juice and extra energy towards your your purpose. Yeah, and you know, speaking of the flow thing, which to me is a real, it's a feeling. And after I had that panic attack on the airplane. And I I knew what I wanted to do, which was really just what I was passionate about and what I loved. Two things that I loved. It was this weird, overwhelming feeling that everything was going to be okay. And I can't explain it beyond that. But even though it sounded crazy, I knew that everything was going to work out and be fine. And I really feel like that's what flow is. And the second you start feeling like things are a little bit off, you have to kind of make some shifts, and only you know what those are. That makes you feel like you're back in that space of flow where everything just sort of comes to you, like naturally, and it's because what you're putting into the universe energetically is kind of being redirected right back.、Mm-hmm. That makes sense if you're living in your purpose. And、yes. I think that there's a healthy amount of resistance, and a lot of the work that I did with my company was like social justice sort of work, right? Increasing representation in Hollywood, and social justice is inherently resistant work. And it took me a long time to understand what was a healthy amount of resistance to what was too much resistance.、Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I just want people to think about because when you start now, I can say having experienced so much resistance, I totally understand and feel flow. But I would say prior, I was like, you know, challenges are part of the journey, and there, of course, there are challenges. But there's healthy challenges, and、mm-hmm. there's challenges where it's like maybe this is not a hundred percent your course. And I think people need to reflect on that.、And、I think we do know if we're really will, willing to like be truthful with ourselves. And I'm sure if you had spent like we're ready to look within when you were in advertising, you would have seen. Yeah, maybe this isn't flow, or maybe this isn't my path. Yeah, but I think society also wants us to you know follow certain paths.、Oh, and when you、sure. when you become an entrepreneur, that goes against sort of societal you know norms. And so it's it's a very scary thing to do and take that leap and then just be like. Please let me have enough money to pay my bills.、Yeah. <laughs> From certification to then putting them to practice, was it just immediate? You got certified. How did you sort of start doing nails? And then from there, you know, you had some very early meetings of the right people at the right、yes. time. 
So real quick, I gave my notice at my job four months, right? I enrolled in nail school, got my crystal healing certification online, and all I did day and night was work. I would go to work during the day, and then at home, I would go home, and I would do nails all night. I would practice on myself. I would practice on my husband. I would practice on anybody who would let me. Weekends, nights, like constantly working. And then towards the very end of my time working in advertising was when I started like reaching out to people and seeing if there was opportunities to do like pop-ups. And this is kind of what led me to you. So a friend of mine connected me with a friend of hers who was doing an event for the accessory junkie. Yes. And she was doing an event in um, this woman's backyard and I offered to give her a manicure for the event. She was an influencer. So she and I met she was lovely. We really hit it off. And she was like, hey, would you want to come and do nails for this this thing I'm having? I was like, absolutely. And it was funny because I was still working in advertising at the time. And the product I was working on was launching the day of the event. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I don't care, though. Like, this is my future. That is my past. Like, I need to just make up a great excuse so I can go to this thing. So I go do everyone's nails. People loved it. I ended up connecting with Michelle, yes. accessory junkie. She invited me to go to the event the next day, which is where I met you. So crazy. Where was that? At the Petite Hermitage. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So I go and I set up my little gold glittery table. And I'm like, gold glitter? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing nails. And yeah, it kind of just started happening. And then about a week after that, maybe was my last day at work. And they told me your job is here for you and you're ready to come back when this is out of your system. Oh and that God. was all I needed to hear. And that's when the magic really started to happen. It really was magic, guys. It was magic. So very shortly after I left my advertising job, within, I forget, a few days, maybe a week, I had a friend in New York who managed musicians who had an artist who was coming to L.A. to do a photo shoot with like a creepy photographer and he's like, I can't come out. Can you just pick this girl up from her hotel, take her there, hang out with her on set, make sure she's comfortable? I was like, great, done. So I picked this artist up. We go to this photo shoot. It ended up being like a huge production at Milk Studios. And I had these crazy elaborate nails on because I was practicing all my different techniques. And the woman who was there doing the nails noticed my nails and was like, oh, my God, your nails are amazing. And I was like, thank you. I did them myself. She's like, wait, you did those? Aren't I here to do the nails? Were you doing the nails? I was like, no, 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 you're here. I'm just here with the artist. She's like, oh. So I'm like tending to this girl, like getting her a coffee, Advil, whatever it is that she needs. And the nail artist was kind of watching me this whole time. And then the second the um, talent went to set, the nail artist pulled me aside. And she was like, what is your deal? You have these fabulous nails. I can tell you're not an assistant. You're like really comfortable and confident on set. Like, I just feel like you have a story. And I was like, well, actually, up until a few days ago, I was a creative director in an advertising agency, but I'm going to open a crystal healing nail salon. And she was like, my name's Jenna Hip, and I own an agency called Nailing Hollywood. Have you ever thought about doing celebrity nails? Because I think you'd be perfect for it. And I was like, whoa, that's a job? <laughs> She's like, oh, yes, it is. So she and I spent the whole day just chatting, getting to know each other on set. And she was like really interested in working with me. She's like, I really feel like 
you know, we were meant to meet each other. Like the universe put us together for a reason. Mm-hmm. She's like, I just love your story. And like, I have so many ideas for you. And we just like brainstormed all day in our downtime. It was amazing. And then the next week I went and met with her and her business partner. They signed me to the agency. And then a week after that, I start working with like really A-list celebrities. It was so crazy. Guys, if you Google Maz, Julie Roberts, Emma Roberts, Selma Blair, the list goes on and on. She's done like Fenty campaigns. It's really like this one sort of interaction created a like ripple effect that not only put you in the right place, got you to meet all these really influential people, do all these really amazing campaigns, gave you sort of the the credibility very quickly mm-hmm. in a new space, which half the battle is building up the credibility to then put yourself as like a thought leader in the space. And then because it wasn't just enough to be this amazing stylist, you decided to, instead of open a salon, to take the idea of crystal healing into a whole skin and nail line. Yeah, so like one of the big reasons why I wanted to open that Crystal Healing Nail Salon was to give hardworking women a place to relax and unwind and treat themselves well on a deeper, more spiritual level, right? So I got caught up in success literally like overnight, right, of working with very A-list people that people worked so effing hard for so long to get to that point. And I just had this handed to me on a silver platter. At least that's how it felt. I've realized now that there's a lot of different factors that go into why that happened for me. But I would also say like preparation, you were prepared. I don't think you're not handed. Everyone's given an opportunity and it's whether or not we're prepared and in a place to show up for that opportunity. You work very hard to be prepared for that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm sure there's a part of it that feels lucky, which of course success, there's a piece of success that is luck, but there's also a huge piece that is how how you prepared for that moment. So I don't want you to act like you weren't because I know how hard you work. Yeah, I did work really hard. Yes. So my idea for the nail salon, it was more than just doing nails. I wanted to give something back to working women like myself who were sacrificing their own health and wellness for their jobs. And once I got caught up into this world of like celebrity nail styling and everything was happening so quickly, I thought, okay, hold up. I already lost myself in one career. I'm not about to let that happen again. I want to make sure I'm taking control of the situation and doing something that feels more aligned with who I am, right? So that's when I came up with the idea for the crystal healing manicure. And basically what that was, was I would do a chakra assessment of my clients ahead of time. And then based on their energetic needs, I would make custom blended like tinctures and oils and lotions to use with them during their treatment with different essential oils and crystals based on what they needed. It was more than just giving them a manicure. It was like this really nice wellness experience. We'd make a crystal grid and like kind of like sacred space for yourself, you know, where people aren't really doing that on a regular basis, even though they probably should. So that was when the brand kind of started was I was making these products and I was giving them out to people. I still have an OG. I have a very, I have an original pre-branding, my cuticle oil that I use all the time and it's amazing. So I can say I was an early tester, early adopter, and it's actually really, really incredible. And it does make you feel very good. So yeah, I was giving this stuff away and people wanted to buy it. And that blew my mind. And I didn't even have thoughts of having a brand. Like it just naturally happened because flow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I will say like, I have a very deep connection with spirit and the universe. And like, I talk to it all day, every day. 
And I think that really does keep me in check and like keep me on the right path because, as you know, not, being an entrepreneur is not easy. <laughs> no, and you're doing 8,000 jobs. And yes. You, and I, I want you, as you sort of talk about building of this brand, this is not easy. I know it sounds like, you know, she's been in flow and it's so great, but you were really at the beginning of building this brand and everything underwater. There was a deep amount of stress. Oh, you put all of your money into this brand. And I think people need to understand that too, that part of it is, you know, backing up, backing up the the sort of flow piece of it, which is it's not for the faint of heart. Totally. And like the other thing too is when, when I say I had success very quickly, I didn't have financial success very quickly. Just to be straight, like I was struggling. A lot of yeah. it is like the smoke and mirrors. You're like in L, you're getting the sword, right. you're getting written up and you're like, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, but like, no, like I'm at the 99 cent <laughs> store buying groceries. No joke. That was yeah. a real time in my life. We've all been there where it's like, everyone's like from the outside, it looks like I'm killing it. Yeah. it uh, but my bank account does not reflect my exterior success. <laughs> yes. When will those please match up? <laughs> so that's, that's kind of a crazy thing. But so the brand just kind of was born by itself. And I was giving these products away. People wanted to buy them. I wasn't selling them. So I would just, oh, you want some of your friends? Here you go. Take it. And I was working with Greta Gerwig during award season. And I was using CBD lotion on her feet. And I remember being so frustrated because no matter what I tried, I couldn't find something that was non-greasy and fast absorbing where like I wasn't worried about ruining thousands of dollars of shoes, you know? So I thought, oh my God, what if I created a CBD product that I can spray on people's feet, it dried quickly, and they would be like pain free throughout the evening. Like nobody was doing that. And I was like, I think this could be a great idea. It's a great idea. As someone who wears heels all the time and DJs for long hours, I can tell you it's a great idea. Yeah. So that was when I started getting really serious about the brand because up until that point, I was making all the stuff in my kitchen. And I thought, okay, if I'm going to mess with CBD, like I need to do this right. I have to find a formulator. I need to make sure everything is done in the right facility. It's dosed properly because at that point, I mean... It was about two and a half years ago, and CBD was not what it is now. Like, it was it was just heating up and becoming popular. Still very risque. Had I known what I was about to get myself into, trying to be a self-funded CBD brand, my God, I wouldn't have done it. But now I'm so glad I did because... That's always a thing, though, because if we knew what the mountain was ahead of us, none of us would be entrepreneurs because you're like, I, I think about like when I started my company at 26 and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to like upend systemic racism and sexism. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be really... I mean, it's so obvious. Like, it's so yeah. practical. And then you're like, this hasn't been done for hundreds of years for a reason. Yes, it's logical, but logic is not how humans function. And it's that thing where the naivete is the gift. Ignorance is bliss because you wouldn't take on these challenges if you actually understood them. It's so true. It was it was so wild. But so early on, it was hard because like white labeling is basically what most brands do. And for people who aren't familiar with what that is or what that means, it's basically the idea that you want to create a product, right? You go to the contract manufacturers and they say, oh yeah, we have that formulation and you put your label on it and start selling it. And I was totally blown away when I found that out. And I was like, oh my God, most of the beauty products that I use are probably white labeled. And then I started getting samples from different manufacturers and I'm like, oh my God, I know this product. So I spent a lot of money on this and here it is, nothing special. It just comes in a cute bottle. But 
I was hellbent on having custom formulations. I did not want to white label a damn thing. So being this like no name person who didn't have a lot of money, it was really, really hard for us to find a formulator who would work with us and take a chance. And I really had to sell them on the fact that like, you know, I was hardworking. I was working with celebrities, like all these different things to get them to believe in me and be able to take a chance to make a small order of 250 because people weren't doing that. So again, universe, I was talking to this large CBD supplier and they were really interested in working with me and gave me the time of day when other people didn't. At the end of the day, they told me that they think that they knew somebody who would be better fit for me that used all of their products so they can guarantee that it was like very clean and high quality. So this guy I got in touch with, we, my husband and I flew to Colorado to meet with him he showed up to our meeting with all of these samples of products that he had made for us. And it was just so exciting and incredible. And we started working with him. What we later found out was that he wasn't the one making any of this stuff. He had a formulator that worked for him. And he wasn't very truthful about that in the beginning. And we were so annoying to him, nitpicking every single ingredient, every formulation over and over and over again that he just said, screw this. Here's my formulator. You talk to her directly. So then we had a direct line into this woman, Stephanie. We also love a her. I'm just going to shout out. We love it that it was a her. Continue. We do love that it was a her. So she and I get in touch, and we just totally bonded immediately. She formulated one of my favorite perfumes from this brand called Tokyo Milk. I don't know if you ever heard of that brand. I have, yeah. I loved that brand. But she did all the formulation for them and tons of skincare, and she was our our special formulator that we started working with and we're still working with her. Yeah, it's wild. So that was kind of how the brand really got started. And then silly me, I was like, I need to launch this brand on the one year anniversary of me leaving my advertising job because everybody told me that I'd be back. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. But I made it happen. And you launched. And then when you launched, there was demand. Yeah. Which is a whole other gamble, right? You build something, you launch it. You don't know who's going to be there purchasing. Yeah. No, it was wild. I'll never forget. Like a stranger bought my cuticle oil and it was just like, I was like, oh my God. Like, you know, the orders from like mom, grandma, aunts come in and then you're like, oh wait, who's this person? Oh, who's that person? And people were ordering it. And don't get me wrong. It's not like my first day in business. I had like tons of orders, but I had about 15, which yeah. felt crazy to me because half of them I wasn't related to and they weren't obligated to buy it. Yeah. No, but I think it's a big deal was that you sort of started this thing and then as you were developing it and the orders and the demands were growing, you have an amazing husband, an amazing partner. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about how he basically said, I'm going to jump in and do this with you. Yeah, it was incredible. Before I touch on him, though, I do want to touch on one more person yeah. who, again, was presented to me on a silver platter from the universe and who really helped my business take off. And that's my publicist, Gloria. I remember this. Yes. So I had volunteered at a event that beauty editors were putting on to benefit the families who were separated at the borders. And I just volunteered to do crystal manicures. And... You know, I met a lot of amazing people that day and this woman sat down and she was just so interested in what I was doing. She's like, I can't believe you're putting crystals on nails. This is so cool. I was like, oh, thanks. And she just wouldn't stop. And I was like, yeah, I actually have some products that I'm launching soon. She's like, well, that's what I do. I'm a beauty publicist. And I was like, what is a beauty publicist? <laughs> I have no 
idea. She's like, I basically would get your brand in press. And I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. In the back of my head, I'm like, that sounds expensive. But yep. she and I started chatting and we really hit it off. Her name is Gloria. And we just kept in touch. At that time, I was like, okay, there's these beauty PR companies. Let me go and meet with a bunch of them. So I went and met with people. And it was great because from there I learned a lot and it actually impacted my launch because I went to this one beauty PR company and they were pretty big and they were like, we don't think that you should launch with CBD products. We think you should launch with non-CBD products because not everybody's going to be into that. It's still a little bit scary for some. And I actually did launch on launch day with not CBD. It was just my cuticle oil and my alignment elixir spray, which is in a lavender scented spray. And then I launched um, CBD a month later. But that's a little piece of advice that I would give to people is take as many meetings as you can because you learn something from everybody. Even if you feel like I can't afford to work with these people or they won't want to work with me, you will probably get a little nugget of information that you could work with. You also figure out who's in alignment with you, which is a big part of yes. it as you're meeting with people is like, who am I responding to? Who am I feeling safe with? Who do I think really understands the mission of what I'm trying to build? And I think that for you, because you are so in touch with yourself and your alignment, you were able to understand very quickly who those people were. But I think when you have a wide range of meetings, it really helps you uh, hone in on that. Yes. So Gloria, who I hit it off with, and I kind of knew she was going to be the person I'd work with if I could afford it. So let's go to the week before launch, because there's a reason why launch day was a success. I had given Julia Roberts a manicure. It was like a navy blue manicure with garnets and clear quartz. So the week before I launch, she gets photographed. Some hater commented on her ugly black manicure. We and love she, a troll. I love this troll. <laughs> and then she clapped back and said, actually, it's a navy blue manicure with garnet crystals for grounding and clear quartz for clarity. <laughs> and then all over the internet was Julia Roberts claps back to defend her crystal manicure. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, this cannot be happening. And I emailed Gloria and I said, hey, not sure if you remember me, but we met at this event. I'm launching my brand on Monday and this just happened. Do you think that there's anything? We can do with this. And she was like, I'm all over it. So she got us so much press. And then when I launched, it wasn't just, you know, Maz Hannah. It was Julia Roberts' manicurist of the Crystal Healing Manicure because it was so relevant and it was all over the news. And I'm sure you remember this. Like, I do it, remember. Yeah, it wasn't just like one random thing. It was like on the Today Show. It was wild. And so that was another sweet, sweet gift from the universe of launching my brand. And then from there, things just kind of you know, started taking off. We were growing month after month, which is incredible. My husband left his job to help focus on growing the business, which was great because I had extra manpower, but it was not great because there was no money coming in from essentially anywhere. Because, you know, even though our business was growing and we were selling product, we, you know, were infusing that right back into the company. So things are going great for a few months. And then I'll never forget this. It was the end of March. I was in a bridesmaid's dress, ready to walk down the aisle for my friend's wedding, and I got a message from PayPal that our website had been shut down for violating the user agreement and selling CBD products. And my world stopped. <laughs> That's where the fun began. We were shut down for over a month. We couldn't process any payments. And it was wild because we had almost around, and again, for me, this isn't a lot for probably most people. We were close to like around $10,000 in sales. And then having that ripped out from under you 
and just having it go away. And, and on top of it going away, not having, there were no rules yet with CBD. We didn't know who to call. We didn't know what to do. We're like, what do we do now? And then you just kind of like reach out to your different suppliers and say, hey, like I can't process any payments. Shopify won't let me process. PayPal won't let me process. Like, what do I do here? And then I think what had happened was that a lot of different people got shut down at the same time because to work with a high-risk processor is expensive, and a lot of people were trying to avoid it. So then the carpet gets ripped out from under the CBD industry, the smaller brands anyway, who had to deal with the stuff, and then everybody was trying to be underwritten at the same time from these high-risk processors. So it took months before we could process payment again. It was really, really crazy and hard, and that was probably the first big hurdle that I had faced. And it almost felt like the universe didn't have my back anymore, and I felt really betrayed, really betrayed. And at that time, I decided to dig in even more and work with meditation and manifesting, and I had crystal grids all over my apartment doing everything that I freaking could. I'm like, I just have to channel positive energy into this and into myself because I was really losing hope and feeling like I couldn't do it anymore. And then one night I was laying in bed at like 2.30 in the morning reading through the PayPal user agreement. And I'm like, we are not in violation. There's nothing in here that we're in violation of. And I woke my husband up and I was like, turn it back on. I was like, turn fucking PayPal back on right now. Let's just see what happens. And he turned it on and then we started getting sales again. And thank God it worked until we were able to get all the payment processing up and running. But I think what we have to remember though is that no matter what, no matter how in flow you are, there's gonna be inevitable hurdles. Mm -hmm. There's challenges, right? And I I think that's where we're pushed to grow. Yes. Right, where we're pushed to like see how much you want it, how what are you how are you operating that you could operate differently? Like what you know, the idea that, you know, you're like, I'm in violation and then you're like, wait, we're not in violation. Like those are all the things where it's like it gives you the opportunity to be like, how can I, you know, show up differently or what are what are the what are these challenges that are being thrown my way? How can I Yes navigate them better? Totally. And realize, I mean, you learn pretty quickly when you're an entrepreneur that there's nobody advocating for you but yourself. There is nobody and advocating And you can't trust you anyone, literally. And it's not even like you can't trust people, but you have to play every single role in the company. You think you have an accountant to handle something. Well, guess what? They make mistakes, too. You have to constantly double check. You think your lawyer reads every contract. Guess what? They miss things, too. Like, you just really have to play a very active role in every corner of your business at all times. And this was another wake up call for me in that department. So the one thing I just want to take a second and take a step back to acknowledge, and this is like, I think about this all the time when I'm working really hard, I'm not celebrating enough and reflecting on sort of what I have accomplished. And I always say like 13 year old Denise is so stoked on her life, right? And I just want you to acknowledge that 13 year old you is in awe of your life. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And it's such a good feeling. Like you've you've done so much in such a short amount of time and you're going to, I just know you're going to do so much more. You're so uh, and you're really such a leader in this holistic space, which we have to think about like work and our personal lives have to be integrated. And you've really created a brand that allows, you know, women to feel supported beyond their work. And I think that's really beautiful. Thank you. We're going to jump into my rapid fire. Okay. Five questions. Oh you're just going to give me instincts. Okay. And it was, we'll start... What would you tell your 20-year-old self? That it's all going to be okay. What is the last book you read? Many Lives, Many Masters. What are you struggling with right now? I am struggling with the impact of COVID on my business 
because I've had to, like, the business, the good thing is it was growing, and I moved out of my house and into an office January 1st of this year, which was a big goal of mine. And then when COVID came, I had to move it back into my home, which felt like a big um, sucker punch. So really navigating that and revamping my entire strategy for the year, which was focused on retail. And then one other, honestly, the biggest hurdle I've had for a long time is not being able to do ads on Instagram. I've had a restricted account by mistake, and they cannot unrestrict it. If anyone from Instagram is listening, this is, your opp- this is your opportunity. <laughs> we can email me offline about that. What is bringing you joy right now? The simple things are bringing me joy. I feel like one of the good things of COVID is it's caused us all to take a step back and really evaluate what's important in life. And for me, that was realizing that my brand didn't reflect who I was as a person visually. So I've been rebranding everything I love this that. entire time. And that is making my heart so happy. I love that. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? If you're not afraid, you're doing something wrong. And I live in fear. <laughs> so it's a good one for you. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And for someone that lives in fear, you've really um, stepped outside of your comfort zone many times. So I think that's a good note for anyone that is afraid or feeling uncomfortable is that great things lie on the other side. They do. And it's exciting. So now I get the pleasure of sort of wrapping up some of the key takeaways And so I'm just going to sort of run through a couple of them. One is find something you believe in. With Maz, the the reality is she chose things that seemed very um, not connected and made them connected. And they were very niche passions that now have become a very commercial product. And so I think that we need to remember that nothing is too left field. You don't have to feel like what your passions are don't make sense in a commercial environment. The trick is for you to innovate and navigate how to turn that into something that can pay your bills. Um, try crystals, try manifesting, try creating a crystal grid, even if it's not something you would normally do. Um, you don't know what you're going to net. I have a friend recently, she sent her friend to a healer. She was having hand problems. She doesn't believe in any of it and she couldn't move her hand and now her hand is moving. And sometimes not everything is quantifiable. And I think we have to be curious and try things and maybe it works for you. Maybe it doesn't, but it's worth giving it a try. Um, your hard work met preparation. And I think people need to realize that the, when the door opens, if you're prepared, you can you can close the deal. You can have the meeting. You can show up in a way that will push you on your purpose. Take as many meetings as you can. You're going to learn a lot about yourself, what you want, who you want to work with. And don't forget that you have to advocate for yourself. There is no one advocating for you but you and in every facet of your business. I can't thank you enough for being here. You really thank are. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun to watch your journey. And I know it's only just beginning. So thank you for sharing it with us. I've been reflecting on a lot of these takeaways over the past few weeks, and I'd love to hear your favorite ones. So please tweet at me or DM me because I want to know what's resonating as we continue to share these episodes with you. Thank you all for listening. You can continue to listen and subscribe to Do The Work on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. It makes a huge difference if you can review, if you can share and rate this podcast. Thank you so much to Entertainment Speakers Bureau, to Angela, to Nichelle, to David, to Matt, to Smart Post Sound, Lenny for that musical intro, Lindsay for the graphics. I am forever in gratitude. I hope you all find and continue to live in your purpose. Thank you.